As you know, the uh, time changed yesterday, and we went from daylight savings to standard time. And supposedly, we were supposed to get an extra hour of sleep. Uh, but it seems like some of us are kind of dragging this morning, so um, hope maybe I can wake you up, if nothing else, today. This time of year is, is often called the season of giving. I'm sure that many of us have heard that expression before. Maybe we have even described uh, these last couple of months of the year as being a season of giving. However, as I look into our world today, as I look into our culture here in the U.S. today, I wonder if this time of year and really almost every time of year should better be described as a season of spending. According to USA Today, last year in 2022, U.S. shoppers spent $9 billion online just on Black Friday. And that's just online. That's not in-store purchases. And $11 billion a couple of days later on what has come to be called Cyber Monday. And so two days out of the year, just in online purchases of things, people in our country spent $20 billion. Certainly not wrong for us to spend money. It's certainly not wrong for us to enjoy the blessings that God has given to us. It's not wrong even for us as God's people to be a part of those huge numbers to contribute to those huge amounts. But those of us who are children of God, we have to continue to be faithful stewards of the financial blessings that God has given us and faithful stewards of the blessings that he gives us, not just on a couple of days a year, but to be good stewards of those things throughout the year, every day of our life. So while we have entered into this season, not so much of giving, but more a season of spending, I want us to think about some divine wisdom from the book of Proverbs this morning about stewardship and a season of spending. So these are really three points that I want us to consider this morning. Again, they're not only applicable to the time of year that we are in now, but I think because we are in such a mindset of spin, 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 especially this time of year, it's good for us to remind ourselves of who God has called us to be as his people. As we think about being good stewards of the blessings that God has given us, even in this season of spending, the first point I want to make to you this morning is to remember that giving is good for us. Our world and its wisdom would say getting is good for us, right? <laughs> you know, if we get something, if we receive something from someone else, that's good for us. That maybe builds our ego, appeals to our pride. Maybe it, it, it uh, enhances our life in some way. But heavenly wisdom, as we look into the word of God, says the exact opposite of that, that it is no giving that is actually good. Yes, it is giving that is best for us. So I want you to hear just a couple of things that the wise man has to say here in the book of Proverbs. First of all, from chapter 22, Proverbs chapter 22, and notice what he says to us there at verse 9. Proverbs 22 and verse 9, the wisdom writer says, He who is generous will be blessed, for he gives some of his food to the poor. 
And to think about that bit of wisdom and truth and to connect it with what is said over in chapter 11 of this same book in Proverbs 11, beginning at verse 24. Proverbs 11 at verse 24. Here the wise man says, the hand, uh, that's chapter 12, chapter 11 and verse 24. There is one who scatters and yet increases all the more. And there is one who withholds what is justly due and yet it results only in want. The generous man will be prosperous and he who waters will himself be watered. He who withholds grain, the people will curse him, but blessing will be on the head of him who sells it. Just notice a couple of things as we put both of these Proverbs together from chapter 22 and chapter 11. The wise man says to us here that when we are in the habit of scattering, when we are in the habit of sharing or giving the blessings that God has given to us, it might seem from a worldly perspective that if we give to someone else what we have, that that what we have is going to go down, right? That we're not going to have as much. But actually the wise man says this is the exact opposite because when we scatter, when we share, when we give of the blessings that God has given to us, we don't decrease what we have, rather we increase all the more. And when we are doing that with the right attitude, with the right heart, when we are being generous as God has been very generous with us and we're generously giving what we have to other people, We're not going to take a financial hit. We made just a little bit at that particular moment. But notice that the wise man again says to us that we're going to become even more prosperous. He says there at chapter 11 and verse 25 that the generous man will be prospered and he who waters will himself be watered. So when we water others, when we, I think the idea at least that I get in my mind of water here in this text is when we are a blessing to others, when we are refreshment to others, when we are a source of life and sustenance to other people around us, and we refresh other people with a gift, the wise man says, we too will be watered. We will be refreshed. And so I think as you put these two Proverbs together from chapter 22 and verse 9 and what we have here in chapter 11, 24, and 25, that the wise man is making it very clear to us that the person who generously gives is the person who is richly blessed. While the person who is stingy with what God has given to him, the person who withholds a blessing, a gift from someone else who is in need, he's going to end up in need himself. He's going to end up in want. And so giving is good for us. I want us to think about how giving is good to, uh, for us on several different levels just here from the Proverbs. First of all, I believe as we read through the Proverbs, we find that giving is good for us on an emotional level, that it fills us with good emotions. Here in chapter 12 at verse 14, listen to what the wise writer says. Chapter 12 and verse 14, a man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his words and the deeds of a man's hand will return to him. A man will be satisfied. He, he will be fulfilled. And not that we're really looking for that when we give to others, when we're sharing the blessings that God has given to us. I don't think any of us, if we're approaching it with the right heart and attitude or thinking, what am I going to get out of this? How is this going to help me? But it does. God is looking at that. God is taking care of that. We, we find a fulfillment. We find a satisfaction on an emotional level. Doesn't it oftentimes feel good to do good? 
when we know that there is someone that is in need, whether it's financial need, as we're talking about this morning, or whether it's someone who has a, an emotional need that we can fulfill, maybe it's someone who's lonely that we can uh, provide a friendship or relationship with them. Maybe it's someone who's struggling spiritually that we can say a word of encouragement to them. We can pick them up in some way and help them bear their burden so that they don't give up on God. That, that just feels good for us. And again, not that we're doing it for that feeling, but I believe, believe that's the way God intended for it to be because he wants us to be people who are givers. Giving is also good for us relationally. It opens our hearts to others. It opens doors that might otherwise be shut to us in our life, even doors that we might have opened to us to show someone, not just tell them about the gospel of Christ, not just tell them about how good Jesus is to us, but to show them by our life. Look over in Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 16. Proverbs 18 and verse 16, here the wise man says, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. It's the idea of what I just said here. It opens doors of opportunity for us. It allows us to come into people's lives and to get to know them and to build a relationship with them that we might not otherwise have. And as we've already said this morning, but just to make this point again, giving is good for us financially. It just totally seems the opposite of what it ought to be from a worldly perspective. But here in Proverbs chapter 19 at verse 17, the wise man says that one who is gracious to a poor man lends to the Lord and he will repay him for his good deed. If I remember correctly, Gavin, I think, covered this particular proverb in his uh, series on Wednesday nights throughout the summer that God is watching all of this. God knows, of course, what he has blessed us with. God knows the responsibilities that we have. He knows the abilities and the opportunities that we have with our financial blessings. But most of all, I would say to you that giving is good for us spiritually because as we kind of already alluded to this morning, it makes us more like our great God. It makes us more like our heavenly father who is the greatest giver of all. And we go outside the Proverbs for just a moment. First of all, to the book of James as James is reminding us here of who God is. God is not the one who tempts us. God is not the one who places obstacles and stumbles in our way trying to get us to sin. But here is who our good God is. In verse 17 of James chapter 1, he says that every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. This is who God is. He's not going to change. We can count on God being a generous God, a generous giver. Even earlier in the chapter as he's talking to us about facing life's trials and, and needing God's wisdom to face those trials, to deal with those trials, to overcome those trials. He says we can pray to God and ask for wisdom and he will give that to us generously. We serve a very generous God. We serve a God who gives not a God who is looking to receive, not a God who is waiting for us necessarily to give him something, but he has taken the first step and given us everything that we need. I'm not going to take the time to read this passage that I have here on the screen from Matthew chapter 7, but there kind of toward the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus reminds us as we've just sung about seeking first his kingdom. We need to be people who are asking and knocking and seeking him and his kingdom and he reminds us there, if we as people being evil, if we even give good gifts to our children, how much more will our Heavenly Father give us what is good? 
And so at any point in our life, at any time of the year, but especially in this season of spending, I think we need to take these Proverbs to heart. And we need to be making sure that we are being faithful stewards by remembering that giving, not getting, is what is truly good for us. But secondly, as we think about being good stewards in this time of spending, we need to be people who are giving to God first. Again, this is totally opposite of what worldly wisdom would tell us. Worldly wisdom, I think, for the most part would say, we need to pay ourselves first. Have you ever heard that kind of language? Maybe you even thought that yourself. You know, you need to pay yourself first. You need to make sure that you are taken care of first. But heavenly wisdom, divine wisdom says to us, no, it's exactly the opposite. We need to be people who are giving to God first. So coming back to the book of Proverbs, let's turn over to chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, and notice a couple of things that the uh, wisdom writer says to us here. Proverbs chapter 3 at verse 9, as he's giving some instructions here to his son. Proverbs 3 and verse 9, he says, Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Something that we've already pointed out this morning Uh, that God is going to bless us, that God is going to take care of us, but we have to kind of be the ones that make the first move here. We we have to be people who are giving to God first. And the wisdom writer says, when we are of that mindset, when that describes our life, that we are people who are giving to God first, we're going to honor him. We can honor God. We can honor our creator certainly in a variety of ways. I, I think we are doing that hopefully this morning. If our mind is in the right place this morning as we have come together to worship God, to pray to Him, to sing to Him, to open His Word, to let His Word into our minds and to change who we are, as we worship Him, as He has instructed us to do that in His Word, we're honoring Him. As we just try to live out His will in our daily lives, we are honoring Him. As we are in our speech... Uh, not being flippant with the name of God, but we are trying to revere God with our words. We are honoring Him. There's just so many ways that we can honor God in our lives. But here in this particular text, the wise man is telling us that we need to honor God from our wealth. And more than that, he says to really honor God with our wealth, we have to honor Him from the first of our wealth. And so that is the idea that we don't First, pay ourselves and take care of ourselves and not just provide for our own needs, but we take care of all of the things that we want, all the things that we desire. And then if we have enough left over somewhere at the end of the day, then we think about God. Then we think about God's work and God's mission. But no, we're putting God first in our lives and in how we choose to use our wealth the Jews, I believe, the, the people of God of old, they, they should have known at least this truth very well. If you go back to the book of Deuteronomy for just a moment, and uh, somewhat of a, a long reading, especially for this morning, as we're just reading very short Proverbs, but I want you to notice here, Deuteronomy chapter 26, beginning at verse 1, and let's read down through verse 11, Deuteronomy 26 and verse 1. Then it shall be when you enter the land which the Lord your God gives you as an inheritance and you possess it and live in it, 
that you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground which you bring in from your land that the Lord your God gives you. And you shall put it in a basket and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to establish his name. You shall go to the priest who is in office at the time and say to him, I declare this day to the Lord my God that I have entered the land which the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest shall take the basket from your hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. You shall answer and say before the Lord your God, My father was a wandering Aramean, and he went down to Egypt and sojourned there few in number. But there he became a great, mighty, and populous nation. And the Egyptians treated us harshly and afflicted us and imposed hard labor on us. Then we cried to the Lord, the God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction and our toil and our oppression. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and with great terror and with signs and wonders. And he has brought us to this place and has given us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Now behold, I have brought the first of the produce of the ground, which you, O Lord, have given me. And you shall set it down before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. And you and the Levite and the alien who is among you shall rejoice in all the good which the Lord your God has given you and your household. There is a proper mindset, I believe, that God was wanting his people of old to have, that he wants us to have, to remember that all of our blessings come from him. We say that many Times the, the men who are, are giving a talk before we take up the collection and even before the Lord's Supper as we're thinking about that most wonderful of gifts that God has given to us, His Son, Jesus Christ. We, we are trying to remind ourselves, at least on a weekly basis, that everything that we have, our life, our health, our breath, our family, our houses, our cars, the money that we may have in the bank or invested the jobs that we have, everything that we have comes from God. And I believe God was wanting his people to not forget that as he gave them so many warnings here in the book of Deuteronomy and in other books before they went into the promised land to tell them, you're going into this land that flows with milk and honey. You're going into this land that's full of blessings. But you haven't done anything to earn that. You know, you haven't planted the vineyards. You haven't built the houses I am the one who have given you that. But with that mindset then, they were willing, at least at this point, God wanted them to be people who were giving to him first. This time of year, November and December, since we have a couple of holidays, usually comes with some extra expenses. There are gifts. If you are those who celebrate Christmas, there's maybe travel involved to go visit family or friends. There may be decorations, meals, parties, all those kinds of things. Again, none of those things are wrong. I'm going to be involved in a lot of those things here in the next couple of months. However, we must not spend so much money on these things that our normal level of giving to God takes a hit. And when I say giving to God, I'm obviously not saying that we somehow give our money uh, physically to him. He doesn't need our money. But I'm talking about giving to his work, giving to his cause, accomplishing his mission here on earth. And so rather we, even in the season of spending, must continue to honor God by supporting this church's work and also by helping people who are in need. Back to the book of Proverbs, just to remind ourselves again, once again from chapter 3, 
uh, toward the end of this chapter at verse 27, here is the wisdom of God. He says, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come back and tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you. You, there, there are going to be needs. I mean, life doesn't stop just because we have Thanksgiving and Christmas these couple of months. That there are still people that are in need, financial need in this time. And if we have something to give to them, we shouldn't say, as the wise man says here, we shouldn't say to them, well, when, when we're past this season of, of spending, then I'll have something to give to you. If there is an immediate need and we have the opportunity and the ability to meet that immediate need, we ought to meet it right then. Again, what is the result of all this, of putting God first in our finances? He blesses us, Proverbs 3 and verse 10, back to the passage we read earlier. He blesses us, the wise man says, by filling our barns and overflowing our vats so that we can continue to do his work, not so that we can become fat, <laughs> so that in our American culture we can become uh, independent and lazy and we can just you know, sit back and enjoy life and life's all about ourselves but it's so that we can do his work. And that's not only an Old Testament principle, that's a New Testament principle. You can look at 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9, and that principle is still there, that God's going to continue to bless us if we're using the blessings that he has given us to do his work so that we can continue that good work. So in this season of spending, let's continue to be faithful stewards by giving to God first. And then thirdly and finally this morning, so we think about being good stewards in this season of spending. We need to know our financial limits. Again, here we see God's wisdom and the wisdom of the world is set at odds with one another. The world's wisdom would say there's no limits to what you can spend. <laughs> After all, you can just pay for it later. Uh, that, that's the mentality of our culture today, especially in the United States. I recently finished reading a book that Drew Martin recommended to me several months ago. It's called The Psychology of Money. If you're not into reading financial books, you probably think that's going to be boring. But it was an interesting read to me. And just talking about our mindset and our perspective about money and wealth. And the guy that wrote it, I came to the conclusion he is, I don't know if he's an atheist uh, I don't know if he believes that God exists or not, but he very much is a worldly-minded person. But he had some good, I think, scriptural, biblical truths. He wouldn't give God the credit for it, I don't believe, but some things that came from Scripture. And he talked about just the, I think it was at the very end at the appendix, he had about a 20-page, 20-, 30-page appendix where he mentioned some other things just about how culture has changed, American culture has changed through the years and talking about when do we get into this mindset of we can buy now and pay later. And that's kind of a relatively new thing. But that's where we are as a culture. But heavenly wisdom says to us, you need to know what you have. You need to set a limit on what you can spend, and you need to stay within that limit. I want you to go here in the book of Proverbs to chapter 27. Proverbs chapter 27. And let's begin reading here at verse 23, the last section of this chapter. He says, know well the condition of your flocks and pay attention to your herds for riches are not forever, nor does a crown endure to all generations. When the grass disappears, the new growth is seen and the herbs of the mountains are gathered in. The lambs will be for your clothing and the goats will bring the price of a field and there will be goat's milk enough for your food. 
for the food of your household and sustenance for your maidens. Obviously, the, the wise man here is drawing on an agricultural illustration. And so he's talking to us about a farmer that just as a farmer knows his herd of cattle, just as a shepherd might know his flock of sheep, so we must know what we possess. So we must know what God has given to us. Uh, some of us maybe are very clueless about financial things. I, I know not everybody has a financial mind. Maybe not everybody, not trying to be reckless or careless with the blessings that God has given to us, but that's just something that doesn't interest everybody. But we ought to, at least on some level, know the possessions that God has given to us. We ought to know how much is in our bank account. We ought to know how much we can spend on various things. We ought to know how much we can give to help people in need. We ought to know what, what, dues, what bills are coming due in November and December. Life goes on. But to know that information takes, I think, some principles that are given to us here at the end of Proverbs 27. It takes planning or the dreaded B word, budgeting. Many of us don't like that word because we think that's, that's restrictive in some way. But a budget really is, as, as uh, one financial person has said, it's telling your money what to do rather than your money telling you. <laughs> You're controlling your money rather than your money controlling you. It takes diligence, keeping track of our income and expenses. It takes discipline, that there's so many things that we might want, so many things that we can buy these days, but we have to have discipline to set a limit on our spending and stick to that. Because all of those things are a part of being faithful stewards of the earthly riches that God has given to us. So I think one of the great temptations, as we just talked about the mentality that our culture is in, has been in for a number of decades of just, I'll buy something now and I'll pay for it later, is the idea of going into debt for things. And certainly this time of year, you know, how many of us just, it's easy for us to pull out the plastic. We don't even have to do that nowadays. You can just tap it on your phone <laughs> and pay that way. And it's so easy for us to spend money. Again, I'm not saying in this lesson at all that it's wrong for us to buy gifts for our family or friends, that it's wrong for us to uh, have people over to our house and have maybe a more elaborate meal than we usually would have or to do all of those things. That, God wants us to enjoy the blessings that he has given to us but we need to take Proverbs 27 and the wisdom here to heart, especially this time of year. We need to know well the condition of our flocks and that will keep us from following the world and just buying things that we don't have money to pay for. Uh, notice a couple of other verses here, probably this one in Proverbs 22 and verse 7 you have heard many times. But the wise man says to us here that the rich rules over the poor and the borrower becomes the lender's Slave, And then in this chapter, a little bit later on in verse 26 beginning, he says, Do not be among those who give pledges, among those who become guarantors for debts. If you have nothing with which to pay, why should he take your bed from under you? So the wise man is warning us about the dangers of debt. I, I don't know that being in debt is a sin. I hope it's not because uh, we've got a mortgage on our house. Um, but we've tried to be very wise even about that. But here the wise man is giving us some warnings about the danger of debt, both going into debt ourselves, especially to buy things that we don't really need. 
but also the danger of taking on someone else's debt, of what we would say today, co-signing a loan for someone. Both of these actions are very risky to not only our present, but also our future financial condition. And both can result, as the wise man tells us here, in losing everything that we have. There's certainly some instances in our culture today where debt is almost unavoidable. Just gave you an example there of buying a house. Uh, I, I know that there are people who save up for years and years and pay cash for a house. But that's not the situation that most of us find ourselves in. There may be huge medical bills that you are facing. But buying gifts and hosting parties and traveling to see family and friends, those are choices that we make about how we're going to use the resources that God has given to us. And so let's not follow the world in this regard. Let's not still be paying for the holidays in June or August of next year. Because if we find ourselves going down that path and we just say we have no discipline and we're just going to buy whatever we want to satisfy ourselves, we're not going to be able to do the first two points that we talked about in this lesson. We're not going to be able to give to God first. We're not going to look at our financial blessings from the standpoint that God wants us to. And so I'm just encourage you encouraging you in this session, in this season of spending, let's, as God's people, be different than the world. Let's be faithful stewards by knowing and setting and staying within our financial limits. God does care, I believe, about every part of our life. He cares about what we have discussed this morning. He cares about our finances. And he is expecting us to be faithful stewards of the resources that he has given to us because I think it was as our brother Byron reminded us of maybe even last Sunday morning from uh, the passage of the, the parable of the unjust steward that to whom much is given, much is required, but if we are faithful in a very little thing, we're going to be faithful in much. And so how we use our financial blessings will in some degree determine where we spend eternity and whether God gives us the true eternal riches or not. So let's, let's think about those things not just today and this week, but over the next few months. And, and let's prove ourselves to be God's children in this regard. And with those thoughts, let's be dismissed to our classes.